past players, past legends, past legends. Tonight we are privileged to have on the show and uh, Kieran McGuinness. The great man, uh, Kieran, played 23 games for Western, uh, Western Bulldogs. Still buggered that it wasn't at least 223 after being drafted at number 42 in 2001. He ended up at the parade. From, he played in 2007, and him and Georgia decided to travel. Came back in 2009 to 14, 130 games, 13 goals, captain the club, BNF, all-round great bloke. Welcome aboard, Kieran. Thanks, thanks for having me, guys, and thanks for the introduction, Malcolm. Like, like we say with most of our guests, that's all we've got time for. It's a pretty, pretty impressive <laughs> stat sheet. That's enough from my point of view. We can wrap it up there. Absolutely. <laughs> Mate, uh, like we uh, do with most of our guests, we like to get a little bit of background info in where they started their junior career and we'll work our way from there, mate. I, um, I, I grew up in the outer eastern suburbs of Melbourne um, and I played a lot of sport as a, as a young guy um, but didn't really start getting into the football until I was probably 13 or 14. Um, played a lot of basketball, a little bit of cricket um, but had a go at football when I was <clears throat> um, sort of 14 years old just down at the local footy club down at Wonsurna South. I actually know and, that ground, KMAC. I'm, I was quite impressed when I read that earlier. Yeah. I, there you go. How funny yeah. is that? I actually yeah. had, um, I had to, I played, it's funny enough that we, I'm talking about it, but I had a um, conversation with a guy, uh, Robbie Flower's son, I played with when yep. I was down there. And Robbie Flower was around the footy club quite a bit, actually. And I had a, um, his son and his brother, and I actually um, haven't spoken to Brad for probably 10 years. And I got a call from him during the week, actually. So um, there's still some connections down at that footy club for me. And I was lucky enough to play, play with some really, really good footballers, actually, and um, had a, a really great time in my junior football, sort of 14s, 15s and 16s um, out at Monturner. And, yeah, I was really lucky enough to have, have a really good time and be around some really nice people when I was there. Uh, so Emma's really sister enjoyed. lived at Wonturner, so when we were over there it's a while ago now, if you, Emma's actually over at Melbourne seeing her at the moment. Um, oh, there you go. Over there then, I actually had a run around. We had a run around with the kids on that ground. So, yeah, when I read earlier Wonturner South, I thought the old small sporting world again came out. It's funny, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's amazing, actually. Uh, it's not um, – it's funny. I lived in Adelaide for – sort of eight or nine years, and I don't think there was anyone in the state of South Australia who knows where one Turner is, so it's funny to be hearing that um, <laughs> from yourself, Melvin, that you, there's a small connection there. So yeah, there just go. pure uh, just pure by fluke. When I read that, I thought, oh, wow, I didn't – I yeah. I wish I'd read that with you years ago. I would have mucked around yeah. about that with you. So, I, anyway. I, might, I might have to look that one up on Google Maps, yeah. actually. Yeah. Just Google, so. Google, Google it. Next time I'm in. So, uh, so obviously playing your junior career there, you um, – did you have aspirations of playing higher or were you just happy to, to get a game at the local club at that stage? Um, well, it, it kind of all happened quite quickly because because I really started when I was about 14. Um, you, you're sort of on the path. Like that's, I think from about 14 onwards, you, you kind of – people can work out who's good and who's yeah. not good or who's oh, yeah. any sort of chance really. So for me, I sort of got down to the footy club probably – you know, four or five games into the season. And I was kind of going okay straight away. So I didn't, um, I thought certainly after the first season I was playing there um, and I probably turned 15 years old by that stage. 
I sort of had a bit of an idea that I was okay at it, um, but I certainly struggled with a lot of the confidence. So you kind of go and get picked for the um, for, for the like the Eastern Rangers. It was at that stage, or it still is now. Um, and then I'd sort of go and try out there, and I'd roll on down there. And I certainly, I always found the first sort of six or two months, six weeks, two months, I'd, I'd really be at the back of the group, and I'd, I'd hardly touch the ball. And I didn't quite think that I had it in me, probably just on reflection. But I do remember playing a game out at Hillsville, and um, probably as a fifteen or sixteen-year-old, and I remember they put me up forward in the last quarter, and I'd play. I think I might have kicked four goals in the last quarter. Um, and that was, I think, when people really sort of started to take notice that I wasn't just a good, you know, local club footballer. I was probably a little bit better than that. And so it was sort of as a 15, 16-year-old, really. And then it probably, it goes fairly quickly after that. So you, I don't know, from my point of view, I didn't really have a lot of time to think about it. I thought I was always okay, but I, it's sort of hard to know. And probably, probably there's probably a stage when you're really young when everyone probably thinks they're going to play AFL football. Yeah. Um, which I'm actually going through with my son at the moment, actually, which is <laughs> quite funny. But um, swings and no, roundabouts. Swings and roundabouts. I probably didn't. I probably didn't realise until I was probably 16 or 17 that um, I was probably going to get to that level, um, and then probably before that, a whole lot of unknown, really. So, just give us a little bit of background on how the uh, under 18 system works, obviously in Victoria, because obviously here in, in South mm. Australia we had. Uh, 15s, 17s, 19s, and now it's 16s, 18s, reserves, uh, league. How does it sort of work in Victoria? Because it is is a slightly different format. Yeah, it is different. It's very different. Um, So effectively, you you go and play for your local footy club, um, which everyone goes and, you know, you want to play footy, you go and play your local footy club. And then from your local footy club, um, the – I'm not sure what the competition is over here, but the – uh, what it's called anymore it used to be the TAC Cup TAC yeah, Cup right. when I was floating around so where I was out at uh, one turn so the, the representative club out there is the Eastern Rangers so the Eastern Rangers go around to all their, their clubs within the region um, and they pick the best players um, and um, they I think they might even start from under 14s I think they might go 14s, 16s and 18s so in the under 14s they go around all the under 14 teams and they pick their best players. And then you play um, a couple of, it's more like practice matches really. It wasn't a season at that age um, against, you know, Oakley Chargers, Gippsland Power, Bendigo, that kind of stuff. Um, and then from there, they pick the state under 14s and 16s from there. And then, and then if you, so you're not, it's not like um, SA where you're aligned to a club as such. Yep. You, you kind of you get picked from your club to play for the Eastern Rangers. Yeah, right. and um, and then when you get to the under 18s, if you make the under 18s competition, you play a whole season with those guys, um, which is different to the under 14s and 16s. You only you play for your local club at under 14s and 16s, yeah. and then you get picked for the Rangers, and then you play a few practice matches against some of the other um, you know clubs, and then it's not until the under 18s where they play a full season, um, and then if you're sort of half reasonable for, you know, Eastern Rangers or Oakley, then they'll pick you for the Teal Cup side. So Vic Metro versus Vic Country. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's really the pathway over in Victoria. And it differs from SA in that you can go and play it under, in Norwood in, in the under 
you know, 12s or, or 14s or 13s or 15s or whatever, the, you know, they're, yep. they're doing. and you play in that, you you, you do a pre-season with them, you, you develop with them the whole way through. So it was, it was slightly different when I was going through in that sense. Um, we, I had more of an alignment to my local club as a 14 and 16 year old, and I probably feel like they may have had uh, may, they may have over, you know, the um, the um, SA, um, the South Australian way that they do it, really. So. Yeah. It's almost like a um, an academy-style model um, in a it way, is, yeah. a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably a pretty reasonable um, way to put it, actually. Yep. Yeah, it, it was a little bit more like that, I think, yeah. So, K-Mac, coming up the draft, how many clubs showed interest in you before the draft? I think most, I think nearly all of them did really. There weren't too many that I didn't have some solid communication and contact from, whether it was people coming over to my house um, to sit down and have a chat, whether it was meeting people for a coffee, um, whether it was interview, just getting interviewed at the draft camp. Um, so I had, I, I, you know, if there were 18 teams, I, it probably feels like probably 75% of them. Okay were sort of saying to me, look, if you're around when we've got a pick at this yep. particular stage, we'll probably take you. So it was kind of um, most of the clubs, I don't remember exactly who sort of didn't show any interest in it, uh, in me, but um, I, I do recall that I had a fairly strong interest from just about everyone and probably most of them kind of saying, look, if you're around, yeah. we'll take you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And ended up at Western Bulldogs, your thoughts there, Originally and all that side of things, Kieran. Um, you're pretty. Yeah, yeah. What was that? Was that? I was going to say, was that still at the Witten Witten Oval? As in, you were playing some games there? Yep. No, they weren't then. So my first year was 2002, and I'm not sure on the exact year that they finished up. We've only been just been around there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't long before me. It was. It was. which was which is um, which was interesting. It was it was Western Bulldogs back then. Was it was um, it wouldn't be right to say that it was amateurish. It's it's sort of the wrong way to, to put it. But it was in terms of the infrastructure around the footy club and the professionalism and all of those things. It was back in two thousand and two. It was a long long way from what AFL football is now. A, a long way, and I think the Bulldogs probably were even a bit further back yeah. beyond. Um, than some of the other clubs. Um, so it, um, yeah, it, it was it was a great experience. I mean, first couple, first sort of few months, you sort of it's fairly daunting, and you, I was a pretty shy and quiet kid. So I didn't really say yeah. too much, but um, you grow up pretty pretty quickly around footy clubs, and some of the guys that you know I spent a lot of time with, they're, they're pretty. <laughs> They were, they were terrific fellas, and um, you grow up around these guys, and you you be turn you, know, you become you turn from a a, a, a boy really into a man yeah. around these guys. So it's it's a really interesting time in in your life, really on reflection. But um, yeah, it was tough. It was hard. It was physical. Um, everything you you would have thought that the Western Bulldogs would have been late nineties, early two thousands. It was. Exactly like that. The toughest survived, and if you weren't of that ilk, then you had a talking to, and you know you were told to pull your socks up, and that was sort of the the environment that I found myself in in my first year, really, um, first couple of years at the, at the Bulldogs, because that's De- culturally what they were like. Debuted against Essendon, kicked a goal early. 
Played, but oh, yeah, played yep. mainly up forward there, Kieran. Very young too. I must admit, I did Google that goal today. <laughs> Jeez, you look young, K-Mac. <laughs> it's funny. I uh, it's my fortieth birthday on Saturday. Um, I thought that was around about now. Yep. I you sort of look in the mirror now, and you sort of approach these <laughs> kind of milestone birthdays, and you think, geez, I'm yeah, I'm uh, looking a lot older. The eyebrows are grey. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, yeah, it's a long time ago now. It's a long time ago now, but yeah, very very fond memories. So you mentioned, obviously, the AFL in its professional era, I suppose, was just in its infancy. Uh, who was your coach back then? My first coach of the Doggies was Terry Wallace. Yep. I had him in my first year, yeah. And then um, he finished up sort of right at the back end of my first year and Peter Rowe um, got the gig. So he jumped yeah. in. I think he coached the last round of that season and then got the permanent position after that for a couple of years. Bit of a Nord influence already there, mate. Yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah well, I think he was um, fairly... Um, influential on getting me across to Nord um, from what I've heard as well. Okay, we'll get to that Yeah, we'll get to that one. get to that. So you played up forward to start with the Dogs. Did you play down back that much with them? Nah. Because that, to me, is still the most mystifying thing. How many years we went through the Western Bulldogs lacked the key defender and and yet had one under their their belt and didn't play him there. I Unbelievable, because as um, I as I consistently make the point in my Troy Chaplin sledges, I've got you as a mile better player than Troy Chaplin. He played over two hundred games. So, yeah, I think um, I certainly would have, and it, it probably goes back to a little bit the not the amateurishness, but the, there's not as many eyes watching people play football as there there was uh, there is now back then, and I think. Um, you know, it's not it's not one hundred percent to do with this, but I think some a better identification and some information about what made me a good player and the better positions that I'd be suited to would have been really um, beneficial for me. I mean, I was running around on a wing um, in the AFL and the, the VFL for two years, and and really not kind of going anywhere with my football. And um, I'd played some games earlier, early days, just playing on someone and. and um, some good draft picks as a, as a young kid and did really well, but it never really eventuated into anything Bizarre. in terms of someone saying, all right, this guy's got some ability to beat people one-on-one and play as a defender and then attack a little bit more. It just seemed to be, I didn't quite, I felt like I probably could have done with a little bit more um, coaching in that regard and some um, some knowledge as to my skill set and where that fit into playing good football. And I think um, going back to 2001, you know, it's it's not as professional as it was now. And I think the Bulldogs were even a little bit behind in that sense as well. Um, but that's, you know, that's just the way it is and that's fine. So, so you mentioned yeah. Plowers being uh, one of your coaches. What, what was he like as yeah. a coach? I mean, obviously we're, we're talking about the – Seen the film. Yes, that the um, uh, the AFL was in its infancy as far as professional goes. Was there many assistant coaches giving you that direction or was it more from Terry himself? Yeah, we had um, – so Terry Wallace was a coach there. Dave Noble was an assistant. Okay, yeah. He's been an assistant for a while. Yeah. He's been an assistant. Alan Richardson was an assistant in my first okay. year. Okay. Um, and who was the Sharky? I can't remember his name. I can't remember his – Phil something. Phil Malin? Phil Malin. Phil Malin was the other assistant coach. There you go. Good call. Sharky. Um, So they were three assistants. 
Yeah, he was. Yeah. Um, so they were the assistant coaches. Um, got on, got on really well with Nobes, Dave Noble. They got on really well with him actually. Um, found him to be really good. Um, Terry Wallace was. I got on well with Plough as well. Um, he he liked the way I played football, so that makes it easier the relationship straight away. Um, but he was he certainly was an intense, very very intense person. Um, and a little bit polarising, um, I think would be fair to say as well around the footy club. But um, you know, intelligent, astute, um, good, you know, a motivator, um, personable, um, but a very, very intense character as well. So. And then under Rody, yeah, yeah, I, I, Rody and I, Peter Rody and I got on quite well. I think, I think he thought I was a half reasonable footballer, so that helped me. Um, early days. I've played a little bit of football under him when he first got the coaching gig. Um, and that was quite okay for a while. And I think, I think I probably just lost my way a little bit and the club stopped really understanding or there was, I think the position that I played was really up in the air. No one could quite work it out. Um, and I think that probably cost me a bit, of, a bit as well. So then I found myself out of the team and really stuck in the VFL with, you know, playing on the wing for a bit and not really enjoying it and not really knowing what I'm doing really. And um, that sort of cycle lasted for about a year, probably 12 months, 18 months really. Um, and probably cost me a little bit in the end really. So look, I, I really liked Ray. I thought he was sensational. Um, really terrific man, um, good football person. And um, yeah, I, I really liked him. But um, certainly by the end of his time, I wasn't, playing great football and I was getting picked in the team and that was that was hard as well. So how did your time at the Dogs come to an end effectively? Mm. Uh, so then um, then Rodney E got the coaching okay. gig. Another uh, another sort of intense interest, intense interesting yeah, personality yeah. as well, yeah. Yeah, and we 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 really struggled with each other uh, Rocket and I and it was not not in the sense that we had confrontation with each other because I just wasn't very confrontational. No, that's not you as a person, Karen. Yeah, it was more just me. I don't, I don't, I can't talk to him or I can't really, the feedback sessions with him were really hard one-on-one and I really struggled with him. It was, on reflection, it was probably just easier for me to not be around him. Um, So I'd probably do what I could to avoid those situations and um, it's probably happier playing in the VFL if if I'm really honest. Um, and that was that was hard. And I think, on reflection, it would have been I would have liked to have been a bit of a stronger person in that respect. Um, but over the years, I've sort of thought, actually, you know, what I was only 22, 23 years old, um, and still probably developing as a young man. So you kind of think, well, kind of forgive myself for that a little bit. <clears throat> um, but it was it was they were hard years, and certainly by the end of it, it was. I was very, very ready to not be in the AFL system. It, was, it comes it, back it, to really just poor communication by the club, really, with lack of development, coaching, and, hey, what makes this kid tick? What can we get the best out of? And that side of things, it's interesting how those sort of things can break down. I think so, yeah. And I, I just – I probably um, – in some ways, I was probably a little bit high maintenance in what I needed. Like, I needed people – I needed to sit down and talk with people and have a connection with people and for whatever reason that was just who I was at that age and yeah. and that maybe that's a little bit harder than like so there are other people like say like a Daniel Cross and it was more 
for him, it's just give him an opportunity to learn and develop as a footballer, throwing balls, um, give him time trials to run, and and those and he just go and do it. And that was fantastic for him. But it just for me, it didn't, it wasn't quite working. Um, I was a little bit different in that respect. Um, um, I could have definitely have done things better myself as well. Um, so you sort of reflect on those things as well. But it's certainly you kind of I left the AFL environment thinking that. It wasn't the right environment for me. This was not the right place for me. And, and Rocket was the coach and that didn't work for me at all. Um, so it was certainly better for me to be out of the system in terms of, you know. It's just sad that in terms of the system lost a person who should have been a very good player. And, yeah, as I said, development-wise, not good enough by the club. And, you can, yeah, the kid can speak up more as well. Um, yeah, yeah, but it's it's a case it of it's not a one size fits no, all, and I think no, that's that's what it was back then on. that that they can get into oh. to, um, and we yep. even see it today. Where, oh yeah, you still see it today. Yeah. Don't worry about that. Yeah, um, so yeah. So from there, what what ended up getting you to Nord from there, Karen? I I wanted to move into state. I wanted a, a bit of a change, um, not for anything other than really just a bit of an adventure. To be honest with you, yep. it sounds funny and. Um, Wanted to be just interstate somewhere, and I wanted to keep playing footy. Um, and realised fairly, I had a really good mate who I went to school with, who's from Adelaide, and so I spoke to him a little bit about the SANFL. <clears throat> um, spoke to his family about it. They're they're just out there, Adelaide people, and and who's um, that, mate? Well, they, it's it's funny. They, their surname is Bidmead, um, and I think um, Ian's Ian was a lawyer. He might have been on the, the board of Tennis Australia for a number right. of years. Yes. Um, he, yeah, just really sort of around around tennis, particularly in South Australia. Okay. But certainly, a lot of sport in South Australia. Very passionate Adelaide people. Really, they they love the state. They love the city all the sport and everything. And so I was heavily influenced by them a lot, actually. And they, and I'm, I'm very lucky for that. Um, spoke to them about a couple of different clubs. Um, so started sort of doing some investigation around the place and then got in touch with a couple of clubs over there. I know South Adelaide were interested, Sturt, uh, Norwood, North Adelaide. Um, that was probably about it, really. Um, and then through you know a bunch of different circumstances, ended up um, deciding that Nord was was the right place for me to to play my football. Um, Thank goodness that's, for that. That's really did did Rody, yeah, did, did you speak yeah. to Rody about that? I never did, but I had um, quite a few people had sort of around the footy club who said we've spoken to Peter Rode about you. He speaks highly of you and recommended that we do what we can to get to the footy club. So I know that he was in the background somewhere, but I hadn't had communication directly with him. Um, I know Scotty Bassett was – because I'd I'd had a couple of years with Scotty Bassett, the doggies. Yep, yep. um, And and Scotty was at at Norwood at the time. I think he'd just broken his leg really severely at the start of the previous year and – um, I'd spoken to him a little bit about Norwood as well, and um, he sort of encouraged me to, to um, have a bit more of a serious think about it. Um, back involved at so Norwood at the moment again, Scotty. Oh, is he? Yeah, get back on the fitness side of things. So yeah, yeah. Ah, geez, that's great to hear. He's, he's geez, he's brilliant at that. Um, uh, so yeah, it's just it's sort of like you, you kind of tap into the resources and the connections that you've had along the journey to ask these kind of questions and. Um, 
it was also a little bit to do with I'd, I'd gone, I'd, I'd actually been down to the footy club and had a night out with some of the boys from Norwood and just got on really well with them. I thought these are sort of the type of people I enjoy being around and um, they were the, the, the reasons why I made that decision in the end. So then you came to Nord, played in 2007, and then decided uh, – was with Georgia then? Was Georgia then, around then? We – no, we were on a bit of a break that year. Oh, <laughs> when I uh, When I lived in Adelaide, um, we started seeing each other a little bit again at the end of that year. Oh. We, we knew each other from Melbourne and had a couple of years together when we were in Melbourne before yep. I moved to Adelaide and then – we sort of, and then towards the end of the year in 2007, we started communicating again and sort of thought, oh, she she wanted to go overseas and so did I. And we actually ended up just deciding to go go separately and not um, together. And, okay. Um, so I went overseas by myself and she actually went overseas by herself with some of her friends as well. Okay. Touch wood <laughs> well, on that one. We'll move, move on. on. Uh, <laughs> Nothing to see here. Uh, uh, no, well, we, we, we did get together at the end of that year and got engaged, so yeah. I can understand how your wives are a bit cross there. Yeah, well, so it wasn't that bad a call on no. my behalf then. No, so, no, 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 not at all. Not yes. at all. No. Had, had <laughs> Georgia would have a crack at me for getting that wrong too. No, that's all right. We, we might edit that one out. Yeah. We'll see how we go. Yeah. Uh, obviously, <laughs> the, the, everyone was talking up Nord a little bit. Did you know some of the history of the Nord Footy Club before you arrived? Um, a little bit, a little bit, but not a lot. Um, you kind of, um, coming from Melbourne, you kind of just, you grow up really thinking about, like I grew up, I barracked for North Melbourne over here and my whole life was North Melbourne. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't know much about Essendon's background or Hawthorne's background, let alone yep. Norwood's background. Yep. So it, it wasn't anything other than, I guess a little bit of ignorance on my behalf, but but just because I grew up being so passionate about the footy club that I went for, which was North, I didn't, you know, I just didn't think of anything other than the blue and white, really. So um, I knew like bits and pieces of it. I do remember um, late 90s and um, when Brett James, I think it might have been, played in the Nord Grand Final and, and the yep. Adelaide Grand Final. Yeah, 97, um, yep. Yeah, we, you sort of hear those kind of stories. So I, I certainly knew about the competition and what it was all about. But the yeah, much more depth than that was probably I, I didn't quite know a lot about it. Um, so it was be probably fair to say it was a bit of a whole new world for me when I came over. Ignorance is bliss. Um, it, it can be. It can be. It wasn't. It was on this occasion. It was. Um, so interesting. So, yeah. So 2007, played under Trevor Hill. wasn't a great year. We finished seventh uh, yeah. and that side of things. Then decided to go overseas and then came back. 2009, we were quite relieved that you came back because we were a little bit worried. So, you know, hopefully you won't get the travel <laughs> bug too much. <laughs> again, oh, I certainly did. <laughs> uh, again, 2009, we struggled again and it was a mixed year. You know, uh, Hilly and yeah. then Jared took over. But then the arrival of Bass. and. Yeah. Go for it. Go for it, mate. Well, that was, yeah, that, I mean, it's important, uh, important sort of stage of my football life. And probably, to be fair, he had a, he had a fairly big impact on me just outside of my footy as well. Yeah. And, um, I still think about that a lot. And I learned a lot of things about him just in just how to be a better person and not so much a better person, but just how to organise my life a little bit better, really. Um and how I want to sort of live to almost day to day, which is sounds pretty 
extreme, but he, he certainly had a really big in, in, impact on me. Um, and same with Scotty as well. Scott and Nathan were both really um, impactful people for me. And I certainly always, I'll always remember that. That was important stages. My Interesting. Quite a few people life. do privately say that sort of line about about Bass's influence. It's it is fascinating because Bass can have his moments. You know, his Bass attacks, which we were famous to yeah. talk about and. We muck around a bit about you ignored those, but then if you got back on and listened to what Bass at the right times of Bass, he was fantastic teacher as well and about life. So it's yep. yeah, he's a fascinating guy, Nathan. He really is, isn't he? Like he he, he really is. Um, he has mellowed he, now. He has a little bit. Yeah, I, I sat with him a couple of weeks ago um, uh, at the reunion, um, the 2013 reunion, yep. a couple of weeks ago. I sort of got chatting to him and. I mean, I've always, I always liked him um, and always got on quite well with him. But, um, yeah, I mean, just sitting around the table having, having lunch, it's sort of hard to know how much he's mellowed because it's a pretty basic and easy, yeah. like, easy yeah. conversation. But um, I've heard people say that. Um, I think that's, maybe that's a good thing. No, I think it's um, great. I, you know, yeah, I think it's, you know. Um, See, I go back to Bass. Of, I actually, Bass, I umpired Bass when he was playing league football while he was at school, oh, yeah. so that's how far back I go. It goes with, back away. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a fair way. Um, well, you'd probably have a better insight to. Um, I wouldn't go that but, far. Well, I think yeah. that's all part of a coach's uh, development, isn't it? That uh, they they can so, start yeah. start down on one track and then realise that they've got to change lanes a little bit and and attack things on a different uh, level and then maybe come back to the original level and so yep. on and so on. That's where the other thing where I'm really complimentary of Bass that when he took over, we were. In the real downdrum, you know, doldrums. We, you know, we'd been down for a fair while as a club. We, you know, elimination final win in two thousand and eight was our highlight for about yeah. ten years. You know, it was our yeah. highlight since two thousand two. So you know, yeah. it hadn't been a great time at Nord for a fair while. So it's it's not yeah. like he took over at a successful time, and that's where I've got Bass up as my best Nord coach because of when he took over. Went from zero to hero, you know. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. He had a, yeah, he had a big impact on the players. I mean, everyone. I mean, that goes without saying, almost. But I think he put, um, um, he made it probably as professional as he possibly could at that level, at SANFL yeah. level. Like he, he, you know, had assistant coaches that were quite good. Scotty, his brother, ran the fitness, and he ran that really, really well. Um, the leadership program he put in place was beyond what other people were doing. Um, we brought in, he brought people in to advise Greg Moulton, um, yeah. sort of ran that for us and focused a lot on just culturally <clears throat> the footy club, which, you know, in 2009, that was a little bit before it was ahead of its time, time particularly, yeah. particularly in the SANFL. Um, and we're not, I mean, we're not even into the game style yet. You know, we're yeah. not even talking about that part of it yet. So there were all these things that um, Nathan put in, um, all this framework that he put in around the footy club to give, you know, anyone that wanted to give 100% to their football, it give them an opportunity to develop. And that, that was really what he would always sort of go on about. If people want to be here and develop their game and get better at football, you know, he'll stay out on the field. Um, he'll get there before yeah. everyone else and, and, and do extra sessions with them. He'll stay out on the field to give those guys an opportunity. He'll sit there and do the video analysis with anyone who wants to. And it was, it was a, a coach that just was 
if people want to develop, I'm here to give you my time to help you be the best footballer you can be. Um, and he was prepared to, you know, throw whatever resources he could um, to do that. Um, and I, and I think of one to- fantastic example of that was Paul Puopolo, where he said to Bass, what, what have I got to do to get looked at? And Bass said, got to improve your disposal. And there was he going work all day, you know, whatever he was doing with the quarry, digging yeah, and all that, right, yeah. and then yeah, get to yeah. training and the trainers would bring out the, the bins and he would run up and down the ground at the end of training, kicking the ball at the bins to try and improve yeah. his disposal. And so yep. that was what Bass said and then was a person who wanted to listen and learn and look where it yep. ended up getting him, triple, triple um, AFL Premiership player. I think it's probably as a coach is you, you, your first, the, probably the first part, part of it all is just creating that environment that gives those people that opportunity. And if you've got that environment, you probably don't know which people are going to put their hands up um, to to show that kind of commitment to their football. But certainly, if that if that is all in place at a footy club, and people are have the environment where they can learn and develop, then um, you know, the, who knows who's going to come forward and say, I want to do extra kicking or whatever, but you've yeah. got to have that in place first. And and he set the footy club up to be as professional as it, as it could could be. And then from that point onwards, I mean, even I, know, I remember Ben, ben Jeffries was getting looked at at AFL by um, AFL clubs. Um, and it was because he was playing he was playing at Nord, which was an environment that was very, very conducive to developing footballers. Yeah. So you get people and you just don't know where they're coming from. Alex Giorgio played played AFL yeah. football and yep. people wouldn't have picked that when he was yeah, Alex, oh, sixteen well years old. You know, it just it, you just don't know where it's gonna come from. Yep. But the first step as the coach is to set up a conducive environment to create a really good culture and to develop footballers, and that's what he did. And the results speak for themselves from that point onwards. And then 2010 was a great game. So close, but so far. Um, then 2011, yeah, we lost the prelim, but I, I was worried there on the night of prelim. I, I thought it wasn't a great thing there. I thought it was a bit of anger there that night. It was interesting that then the golden era happened from there, though. So I was probably yeah. wrong in my judgment of that night on the I thought he was too hard on Cam Shenton that night, I've got to be honest, um, and that yep. worried me, uh, yep. leaving that night and, you know, just quietly being, I'll be honest, I was by myself that night, so I was just observing and and that, and uh, yeah, that, I thought that was interesting, but then came, came the 2012. Was that a case of that you guys had, uh, you know, been together for a, a year or so, a couple of years, and the game style started to click for you guys? Um, I no, in 2010 so. we came through though. Yeah, we came through like yeah, a train in, in ten, and we were bloody unlucky. But you know, things have got to click a little bit, yeah. you know, with a, with a playing group that might have been together for a period of time. We certainly started slowly in ten, and yep. I think that was a lot of you guys getting to learn Bass's game plan because it was more defensively orientated, and that yeah. we started slowly. Yeah, but I think we got it by the end of 2010. Yep. You know. Oh, one hundred percent. I think he. I think. Um, I think Bass would say that he tinkered and changed things yeah. quite a bit, though, um, from year to year, and he learned some yep. things um, as a coach. And he's not, you know, um, shy in saying that as well. So, I, 
I don't know. I don't know what. I don't really recall what changed really from 2011 to 2012. Um, Personnel wise, I'm trying to think who we. Oh, I know Suckers came. Matthew Suckers. Yeah, I reckon Ben Warren. I reckon Ben Warren was pretty Warren. important as a recruit as well. Straightened you up a little bit. Yeah, and just yeah, even, good player. And even the bit Ooh, where where Dogger would go with under the thing of go the plus one late in the game when we were up, and he did that role superbly. I I I don't think. The amount of goals kicked from Dogger showed how important he was. Dogger showed yeah, how important he was to us. And let's he go to 2012. 2012, Port Adelaide at Alberton. And about a minute to go, certain gun number 13 oh, goes yeah, down. Right. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. How, how did that, though? I don't, I, I'm, pro, I'm not the best watcher of football. I can do the odd ridiculous thing during a game. And then I... As soon as the siren goes, I can sw- and talk about it rationally. Yep. And I think a few of the players have sort of gone to me on that side of things over the years. But, yeah, when it ran- happened with at Alberton, I don't know why, I immediately ran down to the ground. To the thing. And there's about to be a security guy about coming over and he's about to go you know, grab this yep. guy and all that. And Bass goes, what do you reckon, Malcolm? And I'm going, no, nah, I reckon he's done the ACL. And the security guy just walked away totally dumbfounded that there was the Nord coach talking <laughs> to, a talking to yeah. me to yep. a supporter, yeah. So yeah. it was, yeah. So, And then 2012, I've got to be honest, I've never been so relaxed going to a grand final. There was no way in the world West Adelaide could beat us. They, want, they had that defensive game plan and there was no way they were going to beat us. And that and, was at Footy Park too. Yeah, yep. yep. And so park, yeah, just yeah. really relaxed. But I remember back at the Mayor's Parlour with you that night, Karen, sitting with you, and you carried yourself with aplomb. You, you you were proud. You still did the you know the bit of the Nord captain upstairs with the with holding the cup up and all that. But geez, you were the eyes were burning. You wanted a flag big time, and I thought, geez, if there's anyone who's going to come back and the players are going to play for him. It's Kerry McGuinness in 2013. And you started the season a little bit slowly when you came back with your knee and that, but then you were away before yep. the end. You know, halfway through, you were the same again. You know, you were the reigning best and fairest and you were back. Yeah, it sort of takes – I think the knees are pretty <clears> – <throat> it's a pretty significant injury. Um, and you, when, you, when you go through it, you kind of realise that a little bit more. Um, it takes sort of 12 months to physically get out there, but you kind of got to – uh, I think the boys adapt more at AFL level because they have just the professional, like they're at the footy club yeah. every single day. So they can kind of recreate a match tile simulation um, more frequently and be in that situation a little bit more. But at an AFL level, you, you're sort of you're semi-professional, so it's sort of harder to – you're almost using the games that you get back for to build into your, your match fitness. Um, so it's a little bit, a little bit hard. I certainly found it hard, actually. I, I do recall thinking, I, I, I don't know that I really played that well again. I reckon after my knee. Um, I reckon you were very good in the grand final. I reckon you're putting yourself down a bit there. I, I, I thought your grand final was your best game in terms of during that year, and I, I thought it was really significant that it was Brett Zorzi in his last game at SNFL level. He made yeah. sure he made sure he knocked got Trent Dumont just for half time when Trent was That's probably right, in front yeah. for the Jack eighty. Um, but it was yeah. interesting was... how the two senior players drove the bus. Yes, the two leaders, I think, I but think, you also drove the bus as players that day. I thought. 
I reckon Benny Warren was good that day. Yes, as well. he was. Um, he kept a few up front for us. Yeah, especially in the last, kept a couple really, in the last quarter. Yeah, yeah, he was really good for us too. Um, yeah, the knee—it it takes a bit of time to get back from it. Like it, it's a—it's a significant injury. Um, and I probably like for me, I relied a lot on my agility and jumping and those kind of things. So for me, my knee was—it's you know pretty important for the way that I play my football. Um, so it was hard to really kind of get back to that level. Um, I think you're selling yourself post. short. Let's remember, you did win the BNF in 2014, <laughs> mate. So I think you're selling yourself I, a little bit short there. Thank you. Um, yeah, no, I was very happy to, to be able to, you know, um, recover from the knee. And um, uh, I, I think I remember at the end of 12, I think we won it fairly comfortably, but yeah. I also knew that they're, they're hard to get. You don't, they yeah. don't come around that often. So whilst you sort of leave, finish the season going, all right, we, we've yeah. done that fairly comfortably. Jesus is it going to be the same next year? Um, so you do worry about it. But, um, I was very, very lucky to, to be a part of this, a good, a good footy club at that particular stage. So we jagged a couple more after that. How, uh, how involved were you in, were you in 2012? Oh, oh the grand pretty, final. Yeah. They, they weren't relying on me, <laughs> put it that way. I, it was probably um, it was probably more for my um, sanity, really, as much as anything else. So, yeah, I try to um, have some impact on some of the players and yep. and spend some time with them and go to training and, and get to the games and sit in the coach's box and yep. impart some of my <laughs> my wisdom. But, um, uh, look, they would have won the grand final if I wasn't there, <laughs> put it that way. Um but I just try to involve myself, um, just just you know while I'm um, doing my rehab. And if if you know you sort of think if I can give anyone you know um, anything at all during this season that might help the footy club, and you, you sort of go, well, that's that's you know that's worthwhile being around for. Um, but you know you never know. You never know how much impact you had, and you know so you um, yeah it was yeah. Absolutely, and then obviously in thirteen you get to play in one. And um, what's your what's your yeah. memory memories of that day, and maybe your favourite memory of that uh, thirteen grand uh, final? Apart from being, you know, that you you're a winning captain. I like the uh, cowboy yeah. hat you wore that night. <laughs> oh, I remember that. That's right. That was, <laughs> I think I wore that for the next week as well. So, uh, <laughs> the celebrations. The other thing too, um, I reckon, Karen, is in thirteen as Nord people when North came out of the ground. And North made the decision to start uh, uh, Luke John- uh, start Johnson in back in defence. I reckon we all gave each other high fives as Nord people. We were we were pretty happy about that. I think it was a, probably a pretty good sign that um, they were um, sort of changing the way that they probably potentially play their best football. Um, mm. Maybe because of who they were, they were coming up against, but that was. Um, I remember, um, like, I still get a lot of stick for it, but I won the toss at the start of the uh, the game, yeah. and I kicked it in against the win in the first quarter. Um, and I still get a lot of um, a lot of stick from the boys for doing that. So probably my favourite part really was was winning the game, just because then I didn't have to, <laughs> to put it. Yeah, <laughs> fair point. Uh, that two two five seventeen to one two eight. I think it was a pretty uh, masterful move, really. <laughs> I I kind of thought that as well, but I I what I do is I I've got no idea which way we're going to kick. So before I go and do the toss the coin, I just speak to the forwards and I say to them, "Hey boys, which way do you want to kick?" 
I distinctly remember asking Brady Dore if he which way he wants to kick, and he pointed to the direction. <clears throat> I think that we were warming up at, and um, maybe uh, you didn't pick the right person to ask. Just quietly, yeah, no, maybe that's uh, maybe that was the the issue. Um, but uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, terrific day. Yeah, terrific day. Really, uh, and a lot the, of fun. And the last five minutes, obviously, uh, you're up by uh, six six or seven goals uh, at the time. And did you get to yeah. sort of savour it a little bit? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you're standing around the back line with some of the boys, and you. Um, I remember uh, Benny Warren kicking a couple of goals yeah. and turned to some of the boys, and that, you sort of start talking about that kind of stuff now. Um, at that point of the game, when you're a few goals up and there's not that long to go, so you, you definitely, um, you know, drop the shoulders a bit, relax a bit more, and um, start having a bit of a laugh about it. But um, just trying to think, did was that the year where was there a brawl? I think um, Jace Bowden might have had a. Yeah, it was a bit, but it wasn't a huge amount. Like, it wasn't like the bloodbath that we talked about uh, with nah, with, right. um, with a few others. I think it, I think it got quite heated in the last quarter. Wasn't also no, though. That, nah, that was the West Adelaide. West Adelaide, bit, yeah. West Adelaide, bit, yeah. I, I think it was West Adelaide when. I think Bodie came running off the ground yelling at Andy Collins and um, <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, so I'm getting, I'm getting, yeah, no, um, no love lost there. No um, love lost there. Um, so, no, it was, yeah, I remember the last little bit of the game. You're enjoying it. Um, and, and, of course, 13 um, yeah. was also at the brewery where uh, Brett Sorsey yep. didn't have a voice where he got called up. That was that was yep. very funny. That's right. That was very funny. <laughs> that was very funny. I do remember that. Yeah, really good celebrations, actually. And then 14. Look, it's, let's go through 14 in terms of, so we finished by, you know, that we're playing Port. Very strong side. Nineteen AFL listed players playing. Second semi final. The qualifying final was the Michael Chippendale uh, display, yeah. where Chippy had his that best best game. Uh, just marked everything in defence. Like I think, I think we won that where Sturt had had actually a bit similar to last weekend with about 14, 15 more inside fifties, where Chippy just dominated I do remember that, that day. Yeah, I remember that. Yep. And then the second semi was a great game. If ebbed and flowed, we and we were down in the last quarter. Um, Matty Panos goal yep. out near the boundary line, and Brady Dore had a very good last quarter as well. I think uh, Anthony Wilson kicked one yes, as well. Yeah, and that, and, um, and then the grand and then the grand yep. final was also a great game. And Tim Ginever has commentary yep. where. Tim admits he probably it's the one time where it really showed his port flavour, and it's fair enough. Let's be honest, seven time Premiership player. He's, he's of course he's a port yeah. man, and, and he was and it was back at Adelaide Oval, Oval as well for the first time. He was very right, insistent yeah, on right. port get the ball away from McGuinness. Uh, you are allowing yeah. McGuinness to set the standard here, and I still stir Tim up about that with the with his commentary <laughs> to this day. So always have a bit of fun um, about that. I remember the um, – it must be because it was really the last year I played there, but I, I remember that season probably better than most. Um, I remember it was I – remember, I always think about it as the best – it's the best home and away match I reckon I ever won. In round one, we beat Port Adelaide at Norwood. Yeah, Panos and, and Greg were excellent that night. Yeah, on Wilson, board. Yeah. Wilson was as well yeah, that night. It was too. a big crowd Wilson. that night too, actually. Yeah, um, and then it was the best finals ga- match we won, which was the fi- the semi final, whatever yeah, it was second against semi. Sport. Yeah, I second agree. Semi- and then and then just flat out the best game of football that I ever won, which was the grand final. Yeah, and they were all against they were all against Port Adelaide, and they were all that 
that season. Um, and they were terrific wins um, for, you know, different reasons. But um, they, oh, it was sensational. I mean, that, the whole season was just terrific. Um, and um, finishing up with the grand final that we had was, yeah, was, was fantastic. Really. Of course, the final siren with the ball coming towards you as a siren yeah. went, thank goodness, with very good timekeeping, oh. I thought. I'll never forget it. I'll ne- I just I remember it I so so clearly exactly what I was doing, where I was, looking at the ball coming towards us. Um, it was uh, yeah, it was unbelievable. And the siren went, and God Almighty, it was yeah, that was uh, amazing scenes. Yeah, very lucky to be a part of that. That was that was incredible. You guys jumped them early, five one thirty one to one three nine. We were good. Yeah, you uh, yeah. you want to get off to a good start in the grand final, and that's the way to do it. Yep. Yep. Um, our forwards were looking really. Yeah, Liam really Davis good was really good early. Um, well, I remember getting. We uh, just we got the ball in fairly. I remember getting them quickly. And yeah, we did. Yeah, one on ones to them, so they gave them a really good opportunity. We gave our forwards a pretty reasonable opportunity early on, and they had a pretty good look at them. Um, it looked a little bit too good for them, so we certainly jumped out of the blocks um, on them, which was. Um, which was, yeah, as you said, really nice in the grand final. And then from that point on, it was a bit of an arm wrestle, wasn't it? Yeah, they came back came and back then up. it became pretty even at half time. We got a goal just for half time. We had Jimmy Allen to Callum Bartlett and, yep. and that. So um, this has all yep. been just done by memory, too, as you know, Karen. I don't. Nah, it's, yeah, your memory's better than mine. Um, your, me- your memory's better than mine. Yeah. And then, yeah, the last the last half wasn't it? Eben flow and Summerton had that shot. Yeah, it certainly could have gone either way, and we missed a couple in the last quarter. We did, um, yep, yep, yep. I remember that. And that, but, yeah, Juice and JD missed one as well, and but yeah, right, yeah, and that wonderful sound of the siren and Jeff Wilson to have a go at me if I didn't mention that you he gave you a lift back to the parade from there, and yeah, what a great night that was. It was just. That was terrific. It was just almost a, a real quiet quiet reflection at times, rowdy at times. How good was this at times? It was sort of a lot of different emotions that night, I found, just sitting, sitting, you know, we were chatting away. And, yeah, it's certainly one of my favourite nights. And purely by total fluke, when I left, got back to the car, walking back to my car and burst out laughing because to put that, the port, you know, bloody song, which we now can't watch. The the in excess song came on. It's the first time I've listened to that song <laughs> ever since bloody port picked it. And I was yep. just pissing myself laughing, sitting by my car. It was about two two in the morning, and yeah, um, that's the benefits of being the boring non drinker that you can remember everything that's by that stage. Came out. It gets a bit blurry for me then. And All then, right. and then from from there, mate. Obviously. Um, uh, what have you been doing uh, since um, with with your career? Yeah, we'll, we'll go a bit oh, more yeah. depth than that. So you decided to go back to Melbourne, and at that stage it wasn't really going to be uh, – it certainly wasn't definitely footy, was it, Karen, originally? No, it wasn't. No, it, it wasn't really. And um, um, I, I sort of got a building background, really, so I yeah. was looking to kind of get a bit more involved in that and had some um, communication with um, the Carlton – Footy club really is about coming down and getting involved in their VFL program and doing some part-time development stuff at the AFL. So I had a bit of a go at that. Um, I sort of I did that for two years really, um, and then um, that didn't quite go. Again, just sort of 
got to a certain point where I just sort of thought this uh, the AFL environment probably wasn't quite, or that sort of environment wasn't quite the one for me. Yeah, but let's um, go on, Karen. Let's go. Been, let's go a bit more there. The the fateful day playing yeah, for was, Northern yeah. Bullets. Um, yeah, yeah, go through that a bit, mate. And, yeah. Well, that, that I think that probably put my wife and I really on the back foot with with any kind of involvement in football from that point onwards. Really, that yeah. was a really really tough sort of period on our life, in our life. I know George was on the sidelines and she had the two kids and she was yeah. probably four months pregnant with her third. And um, I just, I'd taken a pretty decent hit um, and ended up in, in, an, in, an, in an ambulance with, you know, three breaks in my spine on the base of my neck, really. And thank goodness uh, the Carlton doctor was so conservative and recognised the pain in your arm that that could have been yeah. other things and, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, I was lucky in that in that respect, really. Um, and look out of I mean, that, yeah. out of that, Karen. Too, what happened was Kevin Hammond messaged me. Have you heard about KMAC? I said no. And within about fifteen minutes, you know, messenger chat group with Gags and Bodie and and every, and everyone that was, and it showed really quickly how the immense respect you're held in, and just hey, shit, this is really serious, and. I got up and wrote an article the next morning um, as much as to get it out to the Nord faithful as much as anything. And when you said to me that you read that article when you are in Smile and Traction and read all the comments a few times there, and I also really appreciated when you called me down to the fence in 14, that meant a lot to me uh, and that. Um, but, yeah, it was bloody scary that everything what happened there came out. It was yeah, it was a scary time. I, you know, very lucky in a lot of ways to come to come through it. You know, probably as well as I as I have. Um, but um, I guess that was sort of the beginning and the end in a lot of ways in terms of my involvement in football. It just sort of knocked our whole family around really, and um, we kind of worked out after that that it was sort of the football just out there. From the you know the nights and the weekends and the interstate and all that kind of stuff. Um, after going through that period of time, and we just had our third or about to have our third child, and it was you know very much a situation where we we um, yeah I felt I'm keen to just spend more time with the family. My wife needs me around, and let's let's do things a little bit more as, as a family from now on. And that's probably um, the reason why I sort of really found myself leaving football. Um, which has worked out quite well. I've actually just started um, started my own business, a building company, um, recently, um, okay. and that's going that's going really well at the moment. Great uh, stuff, mate. Give give it a little plug, mate. We we go oh, around the world no, with this podcast. You never know who might no, be listening. It's, it's um it's it's actually too busy over here to. Um, you must be doing something right there, mate. No, I think it's just because I'm I'm building. Your phone sort of goes absolutely flat out and you kind of you sort of think I don't, I don't want to overstretch myself because it's probably not a good move but I think as soon as someone hears that you're a builder they give you a call and say hey can you come and do it? like it's just it's, yep. it's very busy and hectic over here really um, which is a really good thing um, but it, there's a little bit of man- management around that part of it too so um, but it's you know at the moment that's that's working really well um, for us as a family um, I'm around the kids a lot I'm home how old are your kids now K Mac? Uh, 10, 8 and 6 they yep. are yep. Um, so they're starting to get that, to that age where they, they sort of need their old man around a fair bit and, um, 
Um, luckily enough, I'm, I'm able to, you know, to spend a fair bit of time around with the family. And um, my wife, George, has got her, she runs a hand therapy business. Yeah. Um, she's had that going for about two years now, and that's going really well. Um, so we're sort of finding that we're in a, just in a, in a nice place at the moment, actually, um, as the kids kind of get a little bit older and um, they want to hang around with us still. Um, it's it's a nice nice little time with our life. So, we, yeah, we're quite happy over here at the moment, which is, which is great. So basically to finish off, uh, we'll get you out here on this one. We always ask, uh, who was the toughest opponents you played against? We'll do it in twofold, uh, the, at the Bulldogs and also at Norwood. From it, like an, as in an individual player? Yeah, an individual, or, we always or, pick a couple of players. You don't have to pick one. Yeah, just whatever, a couple. Go whatever angle you want, mate. Yeah. I played on um, – I, I remember playing on Akinmanis for about a quarter. That's uh, an interesting matchup, K-Mac. About a half, and I, th- I sort of um, yeah, it is, and I thought I had him. Like I'm like far out. I can. He's not a whole lot quicker than me. Um, I've got him overhead. I think I'm like he's kind of playing him for ten minutes. And you kind of get, go to a couple of contests. You're like, oh, no, I think I'm alright here. And then in the space of about two minutes, he's kicked two goals. I mean, just hitting front centers, and I'm like, how the hell did he get his hands on it? And then I'm, I found myself on the bench. And, you know, someone else is playing on it. <laughs> So it's sort of just within about 10 minutes, I've gone from like, I've got this guy, I've got him done, and then I'm I'm on the bench. And I'm like, oh, what the hell just happened there? Um, <laughs> so he was, he, was a, he was a handful. Um, I played on a – like I managed to have moments where I was on like Nathan Buckley for a bit. I was on James Hurd for, for a quarter. Um, I played on Pavlich for a half. Yeah. Against Freo, he was – he was he was pretty good. Yes. <laughs> handy. Um, yeah, he was handy. I um, so I, I was very. It was more just I, I was really privileged to have played on those guys. Really, and um, um, I don't think anyone really got away from me all that much. Other than that, you sort of feel like, oh god, if this guy gets reasonable delivery here, or if I was playing up forward and they were playing on me, I'm like, I can't even get the ball here. <laughs> so. Um, so I played on Adam Goods actually for for a half of forty two. I forgot about that. Um, so there's a lot of good players that you sort of find yourself rolling around against in the AFL, um, and they could, they sort of could all do something like ridiculously well. Like Pavlich was just incredibly strong. Like he'd sort of be with him, but he just he was too strong, and Akamanis was a bit too clever, and Adam Goods could just keep running. Um, so they sort of all seem to have a bit, a bit of a, an ability to do something really at a special level. Um, SANFL-wise, I... Right, Charm, oh, Chambers was Sturt. You had Chambers some battles. Was good. Chambers was good. I had some decent battles with him. Um, he... Hamelberg at like, Centrals. Yeah, I didn't have him. I had him in bits and pieces, Hamelberg. Uh, I'm, a little bit with Chambers as well. I think I might have played one full game on Chambers. He he was he was no who was the other guy at Stuart that I had some decent battles with. He played at Gold Coast for. He was after Chambers. He might have been a captain. I'm trying to remember his name was Jesus Code. Good. Yeah. What was that? Code. Matt, Matt, uh, Code. I can't think of his first name. Code. Yeah, he Code. That was him. That was him. He was bloody good. Yeah, he, he could was play. Bloody good. Yep. He, yeah, I found him. I found him a real handful. Actually, he was. Um, he was probably the toughest guy I played on. 
um, in the SAFL. And I'd, I'd play, not not that he, you know, he's, he's better than Chambers or anything like that, but I'd played on Chambers and it's, it's, it's often just the style that an individual plays and whether that suits you as a, as a defender or, or an opposition player. And I think um, the, the way that Chambers sort of played suited me in terms of my ability to defend someone, whereas um, Code had... He, he sort of had the ability to do everything, really. Like, he could... He was good below his feet. He, he could mark it. He would get in behind you. He was quick enough. He sort of had a lot of bases covered, and um, that kept me right on my toes. So a lot we, of ability, actually, I agree. agree with that. He, had a, he, had a, he was a good footballer. He was a very good footballer. Um, and then some of the um, the midfielders rolling around me in the, the SAFL that I didn't really play against all that much, but uh, well, I, I never played on. Um, but we, we seemed to have a fierce rivalry with him. Like, I... I Really came to blight, like Paul Thomas and even Jade Sheedy, um, Sikalala. Yeah. We we sort of verbalised quite a fair bit on the field, so we weren't really on on each other, but we'd always be seen to be getting stuck into each other. And I just I had a, a huge amount of respect for the way that those guys played footy. They were very, very, very good football, and um, um, and I, I, a lot of those guys were you know every bit as good as a lot of the AFL guys rolling yeah, around too. Exactly. Uh, so. Um, um, so yeah, it was yeah a lot of different a lot of different players um, there for you. <laughs> and what about played with, mate? Oh, some of the guys that I played, certainly the AFL. There was I'm trying to think. Probably Brad Johnson was the one that I remember probably being. Scotty West. Uh, Scotty West was very very good. I think Grant, Chris Grant, I sort of yeah, got the back Chris end Grant of him. Good, yeah. But he, he did his knees um, in my second year, I remember that. Um, so I never quite got the best of him. But um, I certainly watched him growing up and he, yeah. was, he was a star. But I think when I was there, probably Brad Johnson was probably the best going round. And I actually thought he was better than Scotty West. Scotty West won all the BNFs and he was a phenomenal player. But um, I really liked what, what Brad Johnson could do. Um um and probably the, sort of SAFL level, probably Zors was probably the one that was yeah. um Zors and Gags. was probably the best. Uh, Bryce Campbell was probably up there as well, actually, yep. to be fair. Yeah. He was a he was a geez, he was a good footballer. Um I think I think certainly Zors, I, I really think he was as good as a lot of the, the, the AFL guys that I rolled around with um in the VFL. That he was he was as good as those guys. I I'm so certain of that. And um yep. He was probably the. It was actually late to him as well. Like I didn't quite initially. I thought he was a really good footballer, but didn't quite realise how good he was. And it wasn't until he sort of played a lot of football in the midfield and got yeah. up to the going there that I, I really. Oh, he was um, bloody competitive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's very competitive. Yeah, um, yeah. He was probably the pick of them. Hey, Karen. In terms of team, yeah. greatly, greatly appreciated, mate. Please uh, pass on guys. best wishes to Georgia and the and the girl and the guys. family as well, mate. So greatly appreciated. One of the North greats, Kerry McGuinness. Thanks, mate. Thank you, mate. Thanks, sir. Cheers.